the revamped podcast hosted by Lindsay Hepner. Rebuilding the digital entrepreneur. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to back. Welcome back. You always just try to find a way to sing. Even I when like I talk to, to you outside of this podcast, you're I like always to sing. I know it's but, a happy thing. But you also need to be mindful of other people that don't want to hear it. Wow, I had a feeling <laughs> it was going that direction, and you went there. Yeah, yeah. I hear him sing all the time when I'm trying to tell him really vital information, not on the podcast, but when we talk on the phone, he's always well, singing. Well, the information on the podcast is imp- incredibly important for the audience. Whatever you tell me on the phone is not important at all. <laughs> okay, well, welcome back, Revamped fam, to the Revamped podcast I'm your host, Lindsay Hepner, and we're here with Chris Taylor. We have been trying to get him off the show, but he <laughs> just ends up sitting in that seat. So I just stumble in from outside. <laughs> yeah. Somehow so I got the calendar of when we record. I don't know how that is, but somehow I just know. You just know when we're recording. Yeah. It's really annoying. Mm-hmm. So let's just start off with, I'm so excited for our guest today, Renan. He's in Paris right now. He's going to be speaking to us about entrepreneurship. Can I say that word? You always like... No, that was right. No, you got... You nailed that. Thank you. nailed that one. Thank you. We're going to be talking about entrepreneurship, his new brand. Uh, He started a jewelry line just about about a year ago. I remember Mm -hmm. him telling me. And he's going to talk all about it. He's going to talk about all the trials and tribulations. But let's get into a peace of mind. Yeah. So today's peace of mind, I really want to talk about how much it's important to give good affirmation to yourself, everyone out there. Even though you see that I don't give Chris <laughs> good affirmation. That's why it's important for you to give it to yourself. You have to give yes. it to yourself. Right. You know what? That that actually, you know, I'm going to trail off a little bit. It is important to give yourself good affirmation because in the world of everyone trying to beat you down, trying to mm-hmm. say you're not good enough at things. Yep. Like I'm saying that to Chris all the time. It's really important to have that value to yourself and to say in the mirror, I am great at this. I am good at this. No matter what people are saying to you every day, saying you can't do what you want to do, don't listen to them. Mm -hmm. Listen to yourself. Listen to those inner thoughts. Be optimistic, not pessimistic like Chris. And go after your dreams and... This is going to be a great talk with Renan about going after your dreams and being positive, being happy. And Yeah, I'm so excited for this because I didn't really know who Renan was. No offense, Renan. But yeah. like, it was such a cool episode to hear him talk about the ways that he thinks about entrepreneurship, what he's done, what's important, why. Just all these different insights in, yeah. in this episode are so cool. So I'm really excited to, to hear it. I'm excited to share it with everyone. So let's get into it. <laughs> Renan, <laughs> welcome. Hey, Lindsay. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I'm so happy to, for you to be here, too, because I, I feel like ever since we've been in lockdown, we haven't had our weekly talks um, and <laughs> yoga time together. So it's nice to, to see you and you look healthy and happy. And your Instagram is always like, I can't even keep up with your Instagram at all. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of sun and a lot of smiles <laughs> and chilling. 
yeah, the three you, main words of my Instagram. Yeah, I feel like quarantine has has really created a beautiful human on Instagram through your through your your feed. I I feel like you haven't even really seen quarantine because you've been where have you been this whole time? I know that you were in Brazil, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was actually a pretty special situation for me. I, I, I had planned to go to Brazil for the past uh, year and a half as it was my cousin's marriage. And I am Brazilian, so obviously so I have my beach house in Brazil and I had already planned to go to, to Brazil. Uh, so I went for the wedding and uh, obviously everything escalated so quickly as we all seen this around the world. And I appeared to, to be stuck in Brazil for uh, for around uh, a month and a half without being able to come back and then uh, the the borders opened again for French people as I have the French passport but I was feeling so good there in my new routine and things were so slow in France that I actually decided to shift my way of working and I stayed in Brazil for a total of three months and my cousin didn't even get married so Wait, what? <laughs> that's how things happen sometimes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, so, okay, so uh, you were already supposed to be there. I thought from from Instagram, yeah. I thought you were just, you know, you're like, okay, I'm just going to post up in Brazil. But you were already <laughs> supposed to be going. Got it. No, no, I was, suppo I was supposed to be going. And uh, actually, when I saw things escalating, I just, um, I just booked another flight that was like three or four days before just to be sure I wouldn't miss the wedding. Got it. And it was the best decision I've ever made because, uh, like, maybe the next day the borders closed. So I, I, I was super lucky. So what what was your what's the day in the life of Renan for three months in Brazil? I mean, I know you were doing yoga. I know we were just talking about it, but can you describe your day, your quarantine Brazil life? For sure. You know, um, you know, like we, we always, I think we, we share the same opinion about the fact that everything happens for, for a reason, right? And we accept everything that comes in our lives with uh, much more happiness when we think like this. And so I'm saying this because the three months I've had were almost the opposite of, of my usual life in the sense that uh, I'm, a, I'm a very, very hard worker, uh, even though I... I post only the chilling part of my life on Instagram. Uh, you know, I wake up every morning at 6.30 and I work 16 hour days and uh, I'm I'm extremely ambitious person. And when I went to Brazil, I was in this, um, in this uh, rhythm and I was working like crazy. And as soon as I arrived in Brazil, quarantine struck. And the, and the third day, my computer literally fell down. Oh. Like my computer literally stopped working. So imagine if that happened to you, Lindsay, who oh is exactly like me. I was like crazy. I was like, oh, my God, I'm stuck in a house with no computer. I have three companies to run and I have I have barely have Wi-Fi to talk with my associates. I can't go back home like it, I had this first 24 hours of, of kind of panic. Like, like, what should I do right now? I mean, I'm like... Uh, completely like astonished with, with what happened and then after a few days I just learned to accept it and I just embraced it as being uh, three months of uh, recentering myself uh, on who I actually am uh, rethinking my brand rethinking my spiritual thoughts uh, having a very healthy routine talking to my family a lot so it literally was a three-month 
extremely um, peaceful and a very, very spiritual journey for me, actually. So nothing to do with my Parisian routine. I, I love that. And I think that a lot of us, you know, I know how hard you work. People don't realize that when you have something so curated on your feed, there's so much work that goes behind that. And your content looks so seamless all the time. And people don't realize that you take so many hours to prep and create that for people to have just an enjoyable, like, you know, a a viewer experience. And I can only, gosh, I, I know myself and I know you. And yeah, I would be freaking out. But I think people like us sometimes need something so extreme like that to happen for us to even relax and just enjoy what's in front of us, even though we do enjoy our jobs. But yeah, I, I think the love that we have for our careers is a lot, you know? So yeah. <laughs> we just consume our life around our business. And I, I think that's so, but you got like a, you almost got like a re what a recharge of who you are and, and pivoting and, and knowing different perspectives of your own businesses. And what, what are those three businesses? Just so everyone knows. Yeah, completely. Um, well, my three businesses, the first one was the one you know me for, which is my, my Instagram business where I'm specialized in working with uh, luxury brands. So for the past three years, I've been representing uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier, Bulgari, uh, Jaguar, uh, Rolex, Nafigue, like only very luxurious brands. And I travel the entire world shooting content for them. The second business I built was a a business where I uh, started representing other influencers around Europe. So we we grew the business to representing 50 influencers around Europe. And I sold my shares not long ago this year. Uh, it, it was a very exciting moment for a digital space. It was, I sold my shares before the confinement, but it was a very good uh, a moment where digital space is booming and it's extremely interesting. And a lot of platforms are very interested today in working with the influencers. So I felt like it was the, the best opportunity for me to, to do that. And then the third business is uh, my jewelry brand. Uh, the name is Poema Paris. Um, that I built around uh, almost a, one year ago. It was actually December of last year, but that I've been working on for the past maybe two years and a half because it was a very, very big challenge for me to work with uh, the materials we're working with and with the savoir-faire we have in our atelier. So these are the three businesses I've been uh, completely dedicating my life to for the past uh, five years in total. And I still remember us driving and you telling me that you were going to make this business, the jewelry line. I think we went to that sushi spot and we were there forever. And then you were in the car, we were in the car and you were like, I'm going to make a jewelry line. And you were just talking to me about it. This was, I I feel like it was almost a year ago. Yeah. It had to have been or more than that. Right. Yeah. It was before the launch for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was before the launch. Yeah, it wasn't official yet. So what what inspired you to start a jewelry line? I mean, you have such great style, so it only makes sense and but what what was your inspiration and your how you decided your pieces and everything? Well, Thank you for the compliment on my style. You know how French people think this is an important thing. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, uh, why I would, um, so I've always been attracted and interested by by fashion in general, but uh, 
jewelry really had always had a very very deep meaning to me you know like uh, um i've been traveling even before doing my job and every country i've been to i brought back a piece of jewelry it could be a ring it could be a necklace it could be a bracelet it could be maybe some earrings for my mother but I've, I, I was always passionate about and super interesting, uh, interested by the different materials different countries would use. Um, and, and how jewelry is something, I'm not a tattooed guy, I have no tattoos, but I've always felt like um, if you are a different person and you feel like you're, you have a meaning and you feel like uh, there's some, you want to express something about your soul, I feel like um there's different ways to express it. it can be in a completely crazy hairstyle it can be tattoos or it can also be jewelry i feel like uh, if i was wearing a complete black t-shirt right now it'd be a completely different guy than right now wearing my rings and wearing my bracelet uh if you see me on the street you can know maybe i'm more of an artistic person or that i have a, a different point of view of a guy just wearing a black t-shirt right mm -hmm. so i i've been bringing back a jewelry for the past seven years of every country I've been to and drawing, even though I'm a horrible uh, drawer, I've been drawing uh, the pieces that would make me, that would, that, that I was dreaming about, right? And, um, and I've always decided that if I started the brand, I would do this in the right way. I would do this the luxurious way. So I would work with uh, sterling silver. I would work with 24 karat gold. I would bring uh, stones from Brazil. Uh, I'm passionate about a particular stone I can tell you about later, which is a very expensive, expensive stone, but that means a lot to me. So I've always wanted to do this good and I, need the, I needed the investment. And finally, thanks to my first two companies who uh, thankfully were profitable, I managed to reinvest a lot in the jewelry, uh, do everything I had to do to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And to finally today have a, a whole collection of 45 pieces wow. who are all handmade in Paris in our atelier in Paris with the 24 karat gold uh, we wanted to work with with the uh, 925 sterling silver and really using the French savoir-faire to 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 bring it all around the world we really want to make um, uh, France and Paris be known for luxury and for being known for savoir-faire uh, um, through our jewelry brand so it's a it's a very high and ambitious uh, um, decisions we've made, but that's why we're working so hard to make it happen. That's amazing. And for anyone who's out there who's starting their jewelry line, how long did it take you to get back your samples? And can you kind of tell us the process of it, like what you had to go through? And I know you're a very hands-on person, so I'm assuming that every single process was involved with your approval. Yeah. So uh, to uh, it's a very interesting question too i had predicted uh six months to start the brand and launch the brand uh we ended up having um around 13 months before getting to completion oh wow <laughs> it was wow. way harder than i thought mm -hmm. um to create a jewelry brand for instance uh, there's a lot of things we didn't predict or things that we really spend a lot of time on purpose uh, the first thing is that i associated myself with my brother and with the jewelry maker here in, in Paris. But the main thing is that I'm an extremely, I give a lot of importance to family. And in this case, I really wanted to protect my, my relationship with my brother. Mm. So we, we, we did the first thing to really protect our relationship was writing the best contract ever we could do for the, for during three months. So we literally sp spent three months having super deep conversations, talking about everything, trying to think about 
all the worst case scenarios and really starting on a very peaceful and strong basis. I feel like this is a, a very important advice I'd give to anyone who want to work with their best friends or with their family or yeah. someone who's important to them yeah. is to really start with a lot, a lot, a lot of conversation, just so everything is extremely clear. Everyone knows what tasks they have to do and everyone knows what's going to happen in this situation, this situation, and we really thought about everything. So this was already three months. And then when we started the production, uh, we realized that, for instance, when you, uh, when you start using a sterling silver, you have to put um, a proof that is sterling silver behind the ring. Mm -hmm. So it's little, a little dot you just have to put inside of the ring. And that there's a rule in France that says that uh, this little dot has to have a different address than your actual home. Oh. So then we had to uh, find more money to have a, a second address where we oh. would be able to put the little dot. And then when oh we started gosh. using 24 gold, there's another law that says that your manufacturer has to have a updated diploma uh, to be able to use 24 karat gold and say that we are a luxurious jewelry brand. So our manufacturer had to do a three months course to have an updated oh my diploma gosh. to be able to use 24 karat wow. gold. So like so a lot of it? little things. He that, did it? And he did it. He wow. Did it. Yeah. That's, that's commitment <laughs> right there. I'm proud of him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So we've had like all these little things that are kind of like unpredictable, you know, mm -hmm. like even if you try to see everything ahead, you're never going to see everything ahead. But that's what's being an entrepreneur. It's actually to have new problems and solving problems, you know, like this is once you've understood that problems you have uh, concerning your company aren't problems of your life. Mm -hmm. There are only things you have to solve and being an entrepreneur is like solving problems like a Rubik's cube. Yep. You, you, you have to think it's fun, you know, you have to see it and you're like, whoa, this is a complex problem. And instead of panicking in front of it, you have to be like, oh, this is going to be super interesting to solve. And then you have to put some work in and solve it. And then what's the next one? You know, we shouldn't live in this, uh, in this dream that you're going to solve the, your next three problems and then your life is going to be easy. Yeah. It's never going to be. Yeah. You're always going to have new problems and you just got to you just have to enjoy the process of solving and solving and solving, you know. I, so we solved all the Yeah, I yeah. I agree with you, Renan. I I think that anyone that's going into business has to really be open to the fact that everything is going to be out of your control at all times. Mm -hmm. And you have to really enjoy <laughs> exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to really enjoy that process because People will like yeah. look at your jewelry and go, wow, I can do that. That looks so easy. And it's not yeah. it, nothing. Anything that yeah. looks simplistic on Instagram means that someone did such an amazing job at putting out fires, you know? And yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like this is, I'm glad that you're saying all this, even to, if we can go back to what you were talking about with partnering with someone and having a business partner and having these deep conversations about like, what if this happens, you know, because we are all human. We all do fall in and out of relationships. And when you get into business with someone, you are basically getting married. You know, you have to, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You have to realize that you live, breathe, eat, and sleep with that person all day long. They have to talk to you all day long. So anyone out there, remember if you want to go into business with someone have it be someone you actually enjoy being around with and make sure to sure. that it's someone that has different, um, different 
different things that they can provide to the business. So you both aren't kind of like eating at each other. Like if you both are creative, just remember you both are probably going to butt heads about it because you both have different ideas. So it's, it's smarter to have someone who's creative and then the other side, maybe financially, you know, the back end, like someone front end, someone back end. That is usually the best relationship when it comes to business. Don't you think Renan? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I couldn't say it better than what you just said. Like you really have to find someone who completes you and someone who is doing something that you really don't want to be dealing with, dealing with. You have to respect him. You have to understand what he's doing. You have mm-hmm. to, uh, but you have to give him the entire liberty to do what he's supposed to do. Yeah. And as you said, like, especially with creative minds, it's so hard to, because there's no true or false. So mm-hmm. there's no numbers regarding creative creativity, right? So if you should use black or white, or if you should use a different face or on the ring or things like that, I'm so glad that today I'm able to design it. And then like uh, my brother completely respects my process and he will really work on the numbers part and we respect each other. And that's why we're having a great relationship today. You know? Yeah, I, I have a really hard time having people decide what my creative process is. And I'm sure you're the same way where we have uh, creative people are so sensitive to what they push out. And when you question their process, it's, it's almost like, okay, you're pretty much telling me you don't like me. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's one hundred percent true. We take it personally. Yeah, we take it so personally because in our mind, whatever we paint or whatever we design, it, it came with so much feeling and so much heart, and we did it out of a space that there was so much love. So that's why it's so important yeah. to have a a business partner that can respect all that, that can respect that you are going down a, a road that will make sense for everything. And both partnerships are so important mm-hmm. because you don't want to micromanage each other. You want you want to have full reign yeah. in your department to come together and create mm-hmm. something amazing. And from an outsider, yeah. you guys obviously look like you have a great relationship because the brand is beautiful. You did an amazing job. Thank you. And the fact that now I know you have put so much effort into making it perfect and having so much respect for your own country you live in and the process of it and making sure that this is high quality because that is who you are and the brand that you've portrayed for so long, it only makes sense for it to be high quality as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I've always had uh, attraction for beautiful products. Uh, luxury isn't necessarily about being expensive. It's about being quality. Mm-hmm. And uh, in our jewelry, we 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 always decided with our team that we would always be about quality. We will always work harder on getting lower prices for everyone uh, have uh, to in order for everyone to have access to our jewelry. So we will always work harder because the more we have uh, quantity, the more we can have lower prices and. We can try to mix materials and we're always going to try to have a diversified uh, um, uh, uh, prices on our website for everyone to be able to enjoy it. But we're always going to be about quality. Wow. We're always going to be about quality and about meaning. Um, the, the name Poema means a poem in Greek. 
And I've always been um, uh, inspired by Greek mythology. I'm a great uh, passionate about Greek mythology. So we decided to call it uh, Poema. So it would be poem in Greek. And every piece uh, comes with a poem describing the, the Greek uh, myth behind the piece. Oh, wow. So uh, every single of our 45 pieces you can see on our website has a full description about the, the myth behind it. So you can uh, identify it to the piece and you can... Uh, talk about it and it has the meaning that we were looking for in the jewelry you know that's why I told you for me jewelry is something who gives you personality and meaning as a two would or as you know like uh, uh, ancient gods has so much meaning for on how we act today so I really wanted to to bring it back today in in the brand and give quality and meaning to every piece we would create that's so amazing Renan I I didn't even know that I didn't I don't remember you you talking about that part, but it's so cool to have this conversation right now because you are such a deep person. I don't I, I think we also discussed that you keep all that outside of, you know, your business online. You and it's really nice to have this conversation where people are gonna get to know you more. And Renan has always ever since we met, Renan has always been a very deep, thoughtful person and I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. When I first saw you on Instagram, I was like, this guy is going to be such an a-hole <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and then I Everyone met. Everyone says that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I met you and I was like, oh my gosh. Like I always, I always talk about you. And even too, when Georgia went to go see you with Karmagawa, I was like, you're going to love Renan. You have to talk to Renan. He's the best. And we just vibed because we did yoga, we were spiritual, and we had great conversation. And I really want people to know that about you because it, it's really hard, obviously, for everyone. You know, everyone always judges a book by its cover, but you are someone that I totally misread, you know? And I'm so thankful we got to become friends. And I'm just so proud of you. And I'm really, really happy that the brand is taking off and you're, you're killing it from, from what I'm seeing, obviously, you know, if I had a high luxury brand, I'd be like running all over it, you know? So <laughs> I'm really, I'm really proud of Thank you. you. So um, Thank you. Thank you so much. Lindsay. Yeah. I want to ask you a question. Okay. Can I ask you a little question? Of course. Because I am, <laughs> as we are saying how, how proud we are of each other. I'm so, so extremely proud of you, of everything you've done. And, and now I'm so happy that you are doing this podcast. I, oh, I'm i like 100% supportive. Like, I love listening to podcasts. This is something that I feel like for the past three years is coming back with so much power. And I, as you know, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, like at least one hour per day. I've been listening to audiobooks every day. But I love mixing it with podcasts because you have much more, like, much more spontaneity in conversations and, and the funny part and everything. And the day you announced you were doing a podcast, I was so happy. I was like, it makes complete sense, you know, Aww. with your charisma and with your and with your culture and with everything you're doing. So I wanted to ask you, like, what? When did you have this idea? What motivated you to start the podcast? And what what are like your, the main goals of your podcast? What do you want to do with this? And, and congratulations! You're so sweet, and thank you. Um, well, actually, I had gone on a podcast a little while ago with my friend Blake. And I didn't realize how much it's so exciting to be talking to people and being asked questions. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, to be honest, I was a little bit nervous to be on the other end because 
I feel it's easier to be, to ask, being asked questions than to strategically ask questions to someone else. So this process has been such a scary learning experience, but I love this so much because I get to talk to my friends. I get to see how they're doing. We get to talk about business, which is my favorite subject. (laughs) And, (laughs) And I... And the one thing that I really, really love is to give back. So I think this is such a great thing for me to do because I can have people listen in and take away stuff from business education, knowledge from the best that are are living and breathing, you know, social media, which is the new digital platform of entrepreneur, um, being an entrepreneur. And I get to share this knowledge that I've been growing with for years, you know, and a lot of people just need so much help to get past the fear of just starting something. And I think it's really great to talk to someone like you and, and, and talk to so many other people that have really had different experiences throughout their life of how they came, became to what they, they are now. And not everyone had it easy, you know, I, everyone that we've, we've sure. talked to, I mean, I talked to Evelina the other day on how she yep. came here and she had to get, I mean, she had to get a sponsorship by a family to come to the U S you know, and that took okay. her three years. I mean, that's crazy. I, I don't know if I yeah, could do that. So yeah. it, it's commendable. It's commendable to see some of these people that have, you know, you look at their Instagram and think, oh, they have everything. It was probably handed to them. But you guys work so hard. And I want to I wanna switch the question back to you because your Instagram, the way it's so polished, I know how many hours you work because of the fact that I'm in this industry. And no one knows that. No one, everyone thinks, okay, he just posted a photo and, and he probably had a whole team and da, da, da. But like, you're a very smart business person, and I know that all, everything that you put on your Instagram has taken a lot of time to perfect, and and every single piece I, I would call as a campaign, right? So what yeah. is yeah? So what is the process of your content creation? Because I know everyone's is different, but I can only imagine what yours is, is because I've worked with you before, and you are so professional. My team was like, wow. Renan is always on top of it. He asks the right questions. He wants to make sure the brand's happy. He, you present the best content and just make sure. I think that's so important. About What about you is I feel you care more about the brand first. And a lot of people don't do that. They don't care about the brand first. And you really do that. So I want you to tell everyone your process because I think this is very, very valuable. Well, yeah, I think it's a very interesting thing, you know, like um, what today makes the difference between some influencers and other is the, the fact that some has literally uh, comprehended uh, what we are doing, what's the value we're, we are bringing today, mm-hmm. you know, like Instagram comes from an app that everyone used uh, for fun uh in a free way and without really thinking and it was instantaneous you know like that's why it's it's called like this so it was everything about being a selfie and something really really spontaneous um but very quickly when you start gaining followers and you start having brands giving you budgets 
you have to understand the trust that's behind it and you have to understand the value that you're bringing to them. So so after, very quickly, when I started receiving my first contracts, I really started thinking like um, they are they are trusting me with a, a, a consequent amount of money and they are coming back to me a lot. So obviously they are having their money back. Uh, how can I actually work on this to uh, start producing uh, a catalog to them, start producing an editorial to them, like starting producing uh, the, the job that a serious ma magazine would do or a serious TV commercial would do for them. So I very quickly shifted on understanding the, the, the needs of the brand. Like, why do you want to communicate on this? Are you sure stories is the right way? Don't you think a post or or a post and a story or a video would be more interesting and like actually giving more advice. You know, I feel like our job is to really understand yeah. our audience, yeah. understand what they're interested in mm -hmm. and never have to decide between, do we have to please the brand or please our audience? We yeah. have to understand what pleases our audience, explain it to the brand and it will be in everyone's interest to actually do a content that will please the audience. And I that's how the value is created. I, I agree with you. I, I think that obviously a brand sees you and thinks a certain way. Like, for instance, a brand could think, oh, you have all female demographic, right? But maybe you might have a male demographic, uh, more male demographic than women. And understanding your own demographics and what your audience wants to see is really important to relay that message to the brand because you're not you're not holding value to a brand if you're not helping them get better engagement or make helping them sell. I think this is such a oh. great thing for them. That's probably why you have such big long-term ambassadorships, Renan, is because you hold yeah. you're not only the value only doesn't live on Instagram. It lives outside of Instagram where you care so much about yeah. their business too and you have a business. So you know how important yeah. it is to shelve out money yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, obviously completely. it's probably a pretty penny to get you as an ambassador so i'm sure <laughs> you look at that money as value because with your own brand with your own jewelry line and you bringing on ambassadors to be a part of your brand you know that you'd want the same respect back completely completely it actually it's interesting that you raise this up because since i have the jewelry brand well, for two past years, I was managing influencers, so I started understanding more the point of view of the brand, too. So I was applying it to me. But since I have the jewelry brand, I, I really understood how we choose influencers and why mm -hmm. we choose them. And, and like, are we choosing them for, for the image, for the audience, for both, for a particular message we want to bring right now? So, uh, like, I've really started understanding all the criteria of, of what makes a good influencer and why he's working more. And it's not always completely linked to their audience, you know, like uh, the, the influencers with the bigger uh, followers aren't necessarily those who are working more, you know, like yep. there's a whole mix and balance between you and to have the best balance, you have to understand actually what's the need of the brand. It's very often a mix about of a lot of things, you know, and as you said, like today as a brand, if you want to invest in someone, it's such an important decision. We go through so many meetings and it's such a risk and it's such mm -hmm. stress behind it. So we really appreciate when the influencers is so respectful and really does more than expected yeah. and really like uh, shares their interest with the brand. When we see it's a genuine love, we just want to work with them much more, you know. So 
that is a very important tip for influencers if you want to work with brands you know of be course. genuine really choose the brands you actually love the products and love the line like be a true ambassador around you talk about it when you wear the brand if you actually uh like it you know like wear it talk about it around you know like really be work as if it was your brand for a month you know mm -hmm. like really push it and the brand will feel it immediately like it's little details but the brand always ends up feeling it and then that's how you end up having long-term contracts you know yeah and that, and that's the goal i mean i i feel like a lot of people don't realize that like it's like oh it's just a one-off so i'm just gonna post whatever yeah. and kind of not really care about it but brands don't want to waste time finding more people they want to find the right people yeah. and they want to keep working with them and if it works they I don't want to go looking for more and yeah I, and i agree with you too it's not Anyone who's getting into this space always thinks that the people that have high following are usually the best people to work with. But sometimes the people with that are micro influencers that have really low following might even be better for your brand because they have a more centered relationship with their following. They can they reach out more, they talk to them, they feel yeah. more relatable. Yeah. Whereas someone that's way bigger doesn't feel approachable or reachable or, you know, it's it's yeah. It, it just depends on who you're looking for, but also too content. I mean, when, when you, when, if I, since I've had brands before, I'm always looking for someone who can create really good content because you can always repurpose that. So that's also yeah. really mindful is not only the power of ROI, which is return on an investment, but also the power of curated content that you can repurpose on your website or your own Instagram yeah. and, and having that value as well. And I think you have both Renan, because if you're telling me that you, if a brand comes to you and says, I only want to post and you're like, you know what, actually this brand would do better on IG story for me. You're giving that knowledge, but also you're, you're giving them great content as well. So they're both really, really valuable is like the, and, and honestly, I feel like if I was a brand and you said, I don't think this brand would do good on my page and I respectfully decline, you're giving the brand yeah. the opportunity to know that it's not going to work and don't waste your money as well. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. It's respectful to your brand and to your audience. This is something that I do almost every day. I decline uh, uh, contracts almost daily. And I feel like this is why uh, today people trust me, you know, yeah. my audience, the brands, the agencies, they know that if I accept the contract, I'm going full on. Yeah. I'm ready to solve every problem with them. I'm completely available and I really believe in the brand. And uh, if there's a problem with the post, I'll find a solution and post another one because I believe in the brand. So it's a whole thing of actually like going full on. And being a partner, you know, like we say collaboration, it became a very easy word we're saying. But if you're actually a partner with this person for a month, you really should be 100% available to work with them and yeah. to push the brand forward, right? Yeah. So I, so from the beginning, I only accept the brands I really think, I really believe in, I really think needs visibility, I really think have has beautiful and quality products. And once I accepted it, I go full on with them, you know, and, I'm, and I help them. It's, I feel like it's a golden age for brands because like as a, there's so many people who created brands because they have access to, to uh, producing a product and they are business minded. But uh, 
before they would have to pay a photographer, they would have to pay a model, they would have to pay an editor, they would have to after pay a magazine and, and pay a, a TV commercial and play and pay so many things that would actually crash their brand and crash their cash flow. Yeah. Like the main, main expense in so many companies is marketing, you know, because you can do the best product in the world and it's going to be useless if no one's aware of the product, right? And today it's this golden age where they are working with young people who are by themselves talking to hundreds and thousands of people of their new generation and they do everything for you. You just send the product, yeah. you give them a budget, which is so low compared to what it would be like 30 years ago. And this young person is going to do the perfect video and content editing and mood board as I always do a mood board before and like everything, all the, the digital strategy for the brand and is, and is above that also going to promote the brand, you know, like it's, yeah. it, we really have to underline the fact that we're like promoting is also something it's almost a bonus. Like we've done so much work before promoting the brand, you know? No, and for so sure. it's a golden age because so many brands live today thanks to this. And it's so it's much easier to start your brand today, you know, than it was 30 years ago. Everything can be digital. You don't need a store. You don't need magazines. You don't need TV. You just need your computer, a few thousands and like choosing <laughs> the right person. And then yeah. everything starts. It's, it's I feel like it should be motivating for many people. This influencer marketing, you know, yeah, to start your brand. And start it's it's right. It you hold your the power of having your own business in your hands every day and it's only your Absolutely. your option to do it or not to do it and people are always saying like well how do you start how do you start you you have to remember that you can start with yourself you are a brand when you post yourself sure. on Instagram you are automatically saying that this is my brand this is who I am I, I, I go running, I do yoga and all these brands are attracted to certain things. So it's like whatever you're posting and showcasing is what you're going to attract. So if you are into spirituality, you are into yoga or you into jewelry, highlight that because whatever you're showcasing is what brands are going to want to use you for. And I think it's even really crazy that a lot of people I know use their platform and, and do all these posts for free. But then when they get the brand, they don't want to put any effort into it. And it's like, well, isn't the whole yeah, reason for you posting this many times <laughs> is to get a brand and you don't want to put effort into this? You'd rather just do free work. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. So I agree. Right. Um, and sure. these brands talk. I'm always going to say this. Everyone in this industry talks. This is a very, very small network of people that knows everybody yeah. at some level. Yeah. Renan knows someone I don't know, but I will find out through Renan or, you know, vice versa with me. For sure. But brands remember people. And when another brand asks another <laughs> brand, they will relay the message of what influencers to work <laughs> with. I mean, I'm sure, Renan, you, you've probably crossed that with your own brand, right? You've talked to people and said who's good to work with, and right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Of course. Like, uh, I was lucky. I was very lucky because for the past years, I, I've met so many super, like, interesting people, and they and I really bounded. So I've had a lot of help from the beginning, you know? Like, on the first week, there's many influencers who uh, – 
who even bought the jewelry without telling me and then promoted it. Like I've had so much love and so much help from the beginning. So I was super, super grateful because uh, on the on the first like three or four months, we were we did three productions and the three productions were always sold out. So I didn't even wow. actually think for four months on how I'm promoting the brand. I almost wanted to calm things down because we were like we called the we did this first production before launching. And it was a rather big production, you know, like we it was an ambitious production. And then we launched the brand and 48 hours later, we were sold out. Wow. And yeah. so I called I the that. manufacturer I that. saying <laughs> that we, we, yeah. And I called him and I was like, hey, man, so I would like double the production we asked. And he was like, what happened? Did you get robbed? <laughs> and I was like, no, we just sold everything. And he was like, how is this possible? That's and we amazing. were like, yeah, I know. We're so happy because like. Yeah, like people were so like receptive to to the storytelling and to the brand and to everything that it meant for us. So in the beginning, uh, we were super uh, lucky because I've had a lot of very good ambassadors uh, working with us. Yes. And uh, and now today we are handpicking our our future ambassadors wow. in a very strategic way. And it, of course, it's a it's such an important decision for. Because we, of course, we we are still a small company, and for a small company, every decision is gonna make it pivot. So, mm -hmm. so everything has to be, you know, like right, you know. And so, yeah, the process of choosing someone is a process of maybe one month, one month and a, uh, and a half, you know, of discussion and thinking and trying mood boards and collection, and and so yeah, it's it's a lot of it means a lot to us. So we really appreciate when the influencer uh does a great job and and helps us to to go to the next level you know yeah and that's i i feel like that's also the reason why it's so good to have a storyline behind a brand like you said everyone yeah. gravitated to the story and i remember hearing a podcast actually about how stories can make people want to buy something more and the the narrative of that was you can look at, I guess, let's say some Nikes and, and you would probably pay what, like a hundred dollars for them. Right. But if you knew those yeah. Nikes were Michael Jordan's Nikes and he wore them yeah. at his last game and right. it was the championship, you would pay $30,000 for them just knowing the story 100%. behind it. So he would, they were pretty yeah. much saying that a story can really create a, a bigger opportunity for people to hold on and, and feel more connected with a brand than just having a product with no storyline. So I think a lot of people really connected 100%. with your story, which is why. Yeah, but, yeah, 100%, yeah. yeah. We, we finished the era where we would dress uh, for necessity. Mm -hmm. Like uh, for... 2.5 million years, we were cavemen and we just needed a piece of clothing that would keep us from from winter and mm -hmm. from cold. So yeah. if you had one, you would good for 10 years, right? I feel like it's obvious to know that today we don't need more than one T-shirt and one pair of jeans and one hoodie, right? We don't yeah. need it, but we we want it. And so it's not a necessity anymore. It's a, it's a craving. So it's a craving to have identity. It's craving to express yourself. It's craving, it's a craving to show our personality, you know? So once you've understood this as a brand, you 
you're not only talking about the product, but you're talking about the experience you're giving to your client, right? Mm -hmm. To what it means to wear your product and, and the story behind it and, and the movement that you're creating, right? And that's what's attractive, you know, and that's why we buy today. Yeah. It's more for the story than for the, ne for the necessity, right? Yeah. So I think it's a very important thing to capture once you create your brand, I feel like you'll you'll always be able you'll always have the energy to go through the problems if you're doing this for a right reason if you know that this means deeply to you and if you know that this has an added value to people so that's i feel like it's the main thing before you want to do clothing or fashion or or a fitness brand or everything you don't do fitness brand to make people look sexy but mm -hmm. do fitness brand to move people to yeah. put people healthier like yeah. have a, a bigger goal than the simple fact of wearing clothing totally you know, see uh, you know have a mission you know yeah. and once you have a mission i feel like your brand can go everywhere you know like nike actually comes from the name of a of the goddess of um of uh, winning it's she nike is mm -hmm. the goddess that represents success and uh, she was always uh, she would win every competition so to have a brand that is about winning, is about doing, is about moving and working, you know, that's what makes I feel like Nike so interesting for yeah. us today, you know, like uh, we feel the values of Nike. And so when we wear a Nike shirt, we feel motivated and we feel ambitious, right? Yeah. And that's how they succeeded to be such a huge brand, you know? Yeah. And I want to, I want to kind of touch on that. Not only is it really important to have that kind of, narrative but also how do you feel about this because this is how I feel about business I only want to get into business if my whole heart isn't in, in it I don't ever do anything based on the monetizing of it I, I base my ambitions to jump into any type of brand that I want to build or create based on the energy that I want to push out to the world so I didn't start Vamped because I was like, oh, I'm going to make money. I didn't start the Chic Photo Bundles because I want to make money. I didn't start this podcast because I want to make money. I, I based everything out of I want to work hard at something that I want to enjoy for long term. And the monetizing of it obviously will come if I enjoy my job. And yeah. I think it's a hundred percent. It's a consequence. Exactly. And I want people to know. Yeah. I, I want people. I, I mean, you can agree with me or not, but I wanted Renan to share his thought process on this because I think a lot of people get excited about being an entrepreneur, but they really don't want to go in and build it. You know, it sounds fun because yeah. it's like, oh, I can make my own money. I don't have to have a boss. But when you're an entrepreneur, you have to wake up every day knowing that you're the only person that is going to keep this business running. Sure. You know, I, exactly. I have to wake up every day exactly. knowing that, that no one else is running this except me. Yeah, yeah, that's very and I love how you say it, because someone could say this complaining. They would be like, oh, my God, when I sleep, my company sleeps and I'm so stressed out. But you say it in a very positive way. You say, like, I'm moving forward uh, a movement and people and like a, a whole project and you're. The fact that you smile when you say this is oh. why you are successful at it. Oh. But it's true. Like that's that's why 
if you see this in a good way, if you wake up and you're happy and if you're like motivated and if you realize that uh, a company is you in a way bigger scale and that you can touch so many people and lives and bring value to so many people, once, you're, once you've understood this, you can go through everything yes. because you are going to go through so many, so many hard chapters, right? Yes. And so, but if you have this energy and this strive, nothing can beat you down. And that's the main thing, you know, you have to start with a purpose and with this entire energy and love and like be ready for everything, you know, be ready to go in this like crazy roller coaster that it is going to be. Mm-hmm. And and you see, like, you've, you've had vamped for years and you still have the sparkle in your eyes and the motivation when you talk about it. And that's why why I think you're going to go. You have no limits. You oh, know? thanks, babe. Yeah, I, I feel like when I was when I used to be a waitress, I was like, OK, everyone needs to be a waitress because you learn customer service and you learn respect for others. And now I'm like, for sure. You, yeah. Everyone has to be an entrepreneur because you respect other people's positions in their business so much more. And you and you go through so many yeah. trials and tribulations throughout the process of being an entrepreneur. And you learn so much about yourself. I mean, I have, I have definitely learned that it's really hard for me to micromanage other people. Like, I, I'm really good at having everyone just be really good at their job and we all can collaborate but I, yeah. I don't know, I still don't know how to manage other people. And, and that's something that I'm still having to learn day in and day out. And it, it's a skill, but I, I'm a big dreamer. That is what I'm good at. I can dream really big and make those big dreams happen. And I've always just never been fearful of anything. And I, I think that a lot of people have such a strong hold on fear the word fear. And for me, fear is, my fear is not doing everything I want to do. That's my fear. My fear is not going out there and achieving stuff. My fear is not achieving stuff. It's the exact opposite, I think, of a lot of people. But I think failure is a good thing. (laughs) Failure is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. How could you, I think it's so, so interesting that you talk about the, how hard it is to manage people. Like this is, the one thing that so many entrepreneurs fail to do or are afraid to do. And so I would like to, to, uh, for you to like, uh, if you could maybe be more specific <laughs> on, on what do you think is so hard about managing? Like what part of managing is so hard for you? Because I know there's so many things that's hard for me. And, yeah. and so I'd be curious to know what, are, what do you struggle in when you manage so many people? Cause you have such a cool team around you. And- I, I, How do you manage to work with everyone? Yeah, I think for me, the reason why it's hard for me to manage a lot of people is because I'm already doing so many things in the spectrum of, yeah. you know, right now I'm, we're at, I think for me, four businesses. And so wow. it, I have a lot of hands dipped into a lot of things. So Actually yeah. being able to sit down and teach someone how to do something is a lot of my time yeah. and I can't yeah, do sure. that. So I think I have a difficulty yeah. doing that because I'm really good at just providing information to people that are really good at their job. And that, okay. I think that's, I think that's my struggle. I, I think if I didn't have so many fingers dipped in all the paints, maybe it'd be easier for me mm. to like help someone else. But I'm also a Pisces and my brain is so scattered. I'm like always in the clouds and sitting, sitting me down and focusing on one thing is very, very hard. 
I mean, anything yeah. I do, yeah. I'm doing 10 things at once. So I can't, I can't yeah, teach, I, I can't teach someone for a long period of time, one thing, cause I'll just explode, <laughs> you know? <laughs> focus is such a hard thing. Yes. Focus is such a hard thing to handle. For I feel like I, I'm the same as you, you know, like when you're a creative person and you start one sentence and like you have five other sentences about five other subjects who come up to your head, it's so hard to focus. And yeah, how did you how did you uh, become better at this? Did you use some different <laughs> tips or did, did like how how are you getting? Because I really need help with this too. Focus is a very hard thing. Yeah, well, this is the thing I've learned in the last even just being quarantined when you know you really do have to focus a lot more on pivoting. I've learned that it's better actually to hire people that are just really good at their craft. Almost like everyone yeah, is their yeah. own entrepreneur because then you're not yeah, micromanaging yeah. anyone. They already know what they're good yeah. at and that's what you hired them for. Whereas I was hiring yeah. people that still had to learn to become what they were wanting to develop into. So I just started, I started working and collaborating and partnering with people that were already amazing at their job. They've been doing it forever yeah. and just doing that kind of partnership instead of hiring more people that just wanted yeah. to get into the space and then I would have to hold their hand. It, okay. So, so less hold, yeah. So sure. less hold handing, hand holding now and more just partnering with the right people that are as in line with business as I am, I guess. That's a golden, golden advice you're giving us. Oh, thank you. And what, what's, uh, what's a struggle for you? Running besides focus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, focus is definitely one, and I feel like uh, when you start working with uh, with other people, all this thrive and energy we were talking about when you build a company is something that is um, uh, you can you can employ anyone. You can have the best employee in your entire life. They're never gonna have the exact same amount of energy and yeah. love for your company than yourself it's a normal thing yeah. right because the company is benefiting to you and you put all the risk in but like the company is your life 100 and if this person is an employee even if it's the best employee ever this is only a part of his life it's maybe a transition in his life he didn't put effort into it or risk or anything so they're always going to be slightly less motivated than mm -hmm. you right and so this this thing of having this uh limitless dream And to transmit it to people, I feel like it's the hardest thing uh, ever. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the biggest uh, challenge as an entrepreneur, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like sometimes you have these golden moments where you feel like through a speech or through a, a moment of success or through a very important, beautiful moment for the company, you feel like this energy was transmitted to your team. And that's an amazing sensation. Like when you feel like your whole team is behind you yes. and working harder than they should. Well, that's like it, everything's worth it when you, when you, when you get there. Right. But it is such a hard thing to do. And I, and I feel like it's a hard thing for so many entrepreneurs. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to transmit the energy and, and it's, it's so hard for you, I, I think it's normal. I think so many entrepreneurs are in the same situation yeah. and you should continue and persevere because it is going to happen one day and the day it clicks, then you have like, you have a family around you. You don't have partners. So. Ex exactly. And that's kind of how it's been for me is like, I, 
I've really treated a lot of the people that I, I've worked with as family, like almost too close where I, they didn't feel like I was a boss anymore. I was just a friend and I wanted to hang out. And, yeah. and obviously you see my relationships, even with the influencers and talent, like I'm, you know, they're the ones sure. that call me to take them to the doctors or to ask for advice or to pick them up. And I'm very hands-on with everyone. I, I want to be their best friend. I want to help them. I, I really feel and value people over my business. And I've always been that way yeah. where my business is, is second, even though it looks like it's first, but people are first for me yeah. always. And I think that's really important in starting a brand is having a solid network and making sure that that is a priority to you because those people will always be there and they're your, 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 yeah. your closest circle to support you in anything you do. And I've had such great support with so many people in this industry and I've been so thankful and I've always wanted to make sure that they know that I support everything they do. So it's, yeah. it's, a it's, it's amazing to be alive at this time and to have a brand and to create great content. But it is so hard, no matter what life we live in, entrepreneurship is the hardest thing ever. And like, I'm not trying to sugarcoat that ever, but it's the most rewarding. Don't you agree? It's the most rewarding yeah. thing ever. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So it's worth it. Oh, 100%. Uh, completely it's completely worth it it's hard but as i said like once you've understood it's especially once you understood it's not life you know like especially yeah. when you understood that what makes you happy is you being healthy you having close friends and you having good family and you being able to live with almost nothing nowadays once you've understood this and that everything's bonus it takes a lot of stress out of it mm -hmm. and then you only take your ambition and you go full on right so it is going to be hard but it's going to be so damn worth it. Like, as yeah. you said, when, once your first product is ready and once your first client is happy and once your first store is open and your and your first event is happening and like everything like snowballs, it's such an insane yeah. sensation to it snowballs, you know, so like I wow, like I feel like we are living such short lives and like this is something that I, I really wish so many people who at least people who have this calling people some people don't have the calling for this you know people uh, want to do their their steady jobs and they're happy and I completely respect this but if inside you you have this doubt that maybe this is a life for you you should try it for two three four years like you have you have like maybe I don't know expectancy of 80 years to live try three four years and you'll see the bug of being an entrepreneur and you'll yeah. see like everything that it brings to you to your life to your freedom to your way of thinking yeah you have to learn so much you have to learn so much about so many different things right about about the little production and about the boxes and about the tissue and about the quality of the paper and about uh, how to send it to different countries so like uh, the tax you have to pay in different countries so you start learning every day your brain is like yeah fed with so much information yeah. and you become a better person every day so that's so what's so exciting about it you know yeah and I, i've learned more being in the field of just trial and error than i ever have learned in school yeah and yeah i know what you mean 100 percent. yeah and there's nothing there's and there's no knocking to school but being in something 
where day to day you're you're figuring out new things that you never would think would happen to you is so yeah. much more interesting than reading it on a book, I guess, right? About Yeah, I know what you mean. They 100%. Don't, yeah, for sure. they don't they don't tell you in your book of marketing that hey, you're going to probably have 20 plus people hang up on you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and say we would never work with you. Just yeah. all the that that should be a book. Like everything you didn't know that they would say about you. You know, yeah. just a marketing book of all the bad things. Yeah, every challenge and everything. Like how how could you? Everyone who just came out right now of five years of marketing. How do you communicate during a world pandemic? Like what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what chapter was this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you take the book and you're like, wait, I'm lost, you know? Like, and it's always gonna be like this. Like, there's, like no book is gonna have like this is real, real, real life, yeah. and it's exciting, and it's and maybe it's stressful, but like, yeah, it's the the fact that whatever you do, if you have the right answer, it's not only a good grade. It's actually good consequences. Yes, and that's super exciting. Yeah, like that's really really exciting, you yes. know. And so and so, there's so much more to actually working and doing a company than to reading book or doing studies. So like, to all the people out there who are finishing their studies or anything, uh, it's a great great start. And like, wow, I feel like if you liked your studies, you're gonna love way more working on it and having results and really 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 being on the on the field you know like yeah. real life started you know when oh, no it's, it's super exciting it's not the same stress you know what's so funny i it the quarantine has really helped me focus i i don't know if it's helped you focus but a lot of fomo has yeah. gone away and in my industry i mean there's so much fomo everyone's always doing something some festivals going on someone's yeah, traveling true. So I was like, wow, it's so quiet on Instagram. It's and this is the time yeah. to really build more, right? For me, that's just how sure. I work. If you put me in a box, I will start building outside and like try to get out of the box. Yeah. But yeah, amazing. Yeah. But also too, the the funny thing about entrepreneurship is there's a lot of ups and downs, right? So this week, which is, you know, it's the, what the last day of taxes and everything and I get this call from my CPA and he's telling me how much I owe and I'm like Dah! this is a nightmare <laughs> you know like such a stressful nightmare as an entrepreneur this is the most stressful time of the year is when you have to pay taxes but then the next oh. day you know I was so excited because you know three brands wanted to work with me you know so every day is like Amazing. oh my god you're stressed out and then the next day wow, great opportunity. Yeah. Didn't realize I was going to do this, you know? So you kind of have these up and downs and you have to just take them. Like, you, you know, you just got to yeah. take the punches as they come in, but it is super yeah. rewarding. It's so rewarding. I'm not trying to make anyone out there feel like don't do your business, do it because Renan's <laughs> saying it's rewarding. I'm saying it's rewarding. It's rewarding. <laughs> A hundred percent. I agree. It completely is. It completely is. So we are going to be doing a lightning round with Renan. And just to let everyone know out there, Renan was outside on his balcony, I believe. And there's a lot of crows, kids, planes, cars. I mean, Paris sounds like they're thriving right now. So just so, so Renan went inside, but this is our, our fun part. And I really want to know these questions because, Ren, well, 
I know, I know me and Renan have our own talks and stuff, but I think that a lot of people want to know you, Renan. Like, just get to know <laughs> Renan. So the first one is, <laughs> what is your uh, celebrity crush? Who is your celebrity crush, actually? Ha, ah, my celebrity crush. Um, well, I, you know, I'm a movie, I'm a movie lover. So I feel like a movie really says so much, like really gives so much storytelling about a woman, right? So <laughs> I have to say that my celebrity crush was uh, Penelope Cruz in the movie Blow. Oh, okay. Where she's the wife of Goni Depp and the tension between them and their dancing and the way she acts and dresses, like I just, I'm sorry, but I just feel like it's perfect. It's my Brazilian part coming so back. So you're like a feisty and woman. Penelope Cruz. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to admit, I do. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Sure. feisty woman well that i guess that could be another question what is what what do you find attractive in a woman well Besides uh feistiness. i think we actually had this <laughs> well now we actually talked about this i feel last time we were having sushi it's uh uh, for me, the, what I think is more attractive is uh, is ambition in a woman. It's uh, uh, it's something that I feel like I respect so much to to be with a woman, uh, whatever she's doing. And when I say ambitious, I'm absolutely not talking about uh, her earning money or her having a company. It's ambition in what she likes or passion in what she likes. Mm -hmm. So if she loves birds or if she loves plants or if she loves literature or, or fashion or or food or anything, the fact that I see in her a sparkle and the fact that I see in her passion and ambition, uh, uh, for me, it's the most uh, seductive part of a woman, you know, like uh, I, uh, I just love people who share this fire in what they do. And, and this is for me, the, something that will always last because as we all know, like relationships have ups and downs. And uh, physical attraction and all this is something who is, who will always be temporary, right? Yeah. But if you're with someone who is so like uh, so interested in what she does and and really like uh, put her whole life in something, I feel like I, I respect this so much that this can last really, really long. You know. Yeah, I agree with so you. So it would be passion and interest. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Ambition is like so attractive to me as well, and and personality. I can only date someone if they have a really amazing personality. I'm not about, I think, I think looks is the same way for me. It, it can come and go, but if you can have a conversation with someone, if you can make me laugh, that speaks more volumes than anything and, and, and be intellectual. Uh -huh, I yeah. love to have intellectual conversations yeah. with people. So next uh -huh. one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So how I know <laughs> I feel like this I know this answer, but how good are you at keeping secrets? How good I am at yeah, keeping secrets. Yeah, on scale from one honestly, to ten. Honestly, uh, I have to brag about being the best one to keep secrets. It would be a total ten. That's what uh, I figured. I'm, it's even yeah, even too maybe sometimes I keep them too well because um I'm I'm not gonna link the importance of keeping a secret to to the love I have to a person in a mm -hmm. way that I don't know if my friend, if my friend from third degree tells me a secret and then my best friend asks me, which is the secret? 
my best friend doesn't have access to this information. Even though I love my best friend more than the people who gave me the secret, it's more the fact that I signed this nonverbal contract with this person. This person respected me and this person wants me to keep the secret. So I'll always respect it. So I'm sorry for my best friend. <laughs> but um, even even if someone in the street tells me a secret about their lives, I'm not going to share it. It's it's really something that's so important for me. It, I, but that says a lot about you. You know, a lot of people respect you and, and want to tell you more things and and can feel like you can hold hold their truth private, you know, because it is mm. hard to find people that have that much respect for themselves and for others to make sure mm. that what they're saying to you in confidence doesn't go anywhere. You know, and, and the value, yeah, of, uh, yeah. the value of the friendship is right there is when you can talk to someone, feel the connection and know that they're not going to go around and talk about you behind their back is, is a really valuable, yeah. valuable trait as a friend. Um, I can reply to this question for you. Yeah. I know you are a 10 and I, you inspire so much confidence. Like the first, like everyone sees you and in 30 minutes, they're literally saying everything that happened to them <laughs> since their childhood, <laughs> because some people just inspire so much confidence and so much trust and so much listening. And you're such a good listener and you have so many beautiful values that I know that I can tell you literally anything Thanks, and man. I know you will keep it for you. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what it is and, and I, maybe you can say it, but I I've noticed that a lot of people are able to just take down their walls and just tell me everything. And I'm like, whoa, okay, we're going all the way deep core, but I love that too. I love that people can right away have that, have that trust in me to be able to expose everything that they've been feeling or, and, and I want that. I, I, I love being able to be really deep rooted with people it's really hard for yeah. me to have any relationship with anyone that can't be vulnerable because I'm such a vulnerable person. Yeah. And I really do respect that, that you see that in me. I, I really appreciate that. For sure. Um, okay. So dawn or dusk? Dawn or dusk? Yeah. Ah, it's such a good question. I love every <laughs> part of the day. <laughs> <laughs> So both. <laughs> um, yeah, I have to say both. Honestly, like uh, people hate me for this, but in the morning I'm so happy and I'm so happy there's a new day starting and I'm <laughs> having my coffee and like I'm full of motivation because I feel like you know, it's a blank page. Yeah. But at night I'm so happy because I'm having fun and seeing all my friends and stuff. So now I have to so both. both. So both. I love life. <laughs> yeah. I I'll love that both. answer. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? Well, for sure, it would be, well, it didn't really exist, but I would love to live in the Greek mythology uh, era. You oh, know, in, gosh, you would, you this, would thrive. It's, <laughs> you would thrive it's not, with grapes. It's not a fair answer, <laughs> I can, but I just love the, the poetry and the, and the message that every, pers every person would represent and, and the link between them and the magic that would happen. I would love to to go back to this period, not even to be one of them, but just to see and to like see what I read, you know, like everything yeah. I read about Greek mythology is just such a beautiful movie going around. Yeah. So I, I would choose this era that never existed. This is this is the, the, the part where we enter that amazing campaign you did 
that you looked like a Greek god. We have to we have to show that uh, show yes. that photo. So and you you would play that role so well. Um, do you do you believe in fate? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like um, in any ways, if you believe in fate or if if fate is real or not your life will benefit from you believing in it. Um, I feel like if I would start by the by the contrary, if you don't believe in fate, maybe you're wrong, maybe fate exists. But anyways, if you're right or wrong, um, life is going to be much harder on you. Yes. Like everything you're going to try to interpret is going to be so negative for you. So anyways, it's not about uh, being right or wrong, if fate exists or not. But it's about what's happening in your life every day and about your optimism, right? Yeah. So I, I completely believe in fate. And, and that helps me every day to think that everything that's happening to me is a positive thing. I, I often, one of my favorite quotes is a Shakespeare quote where he's saying that nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Mm -hmm. So he literally says that everything that happens in our lives it's completely neutral. It's completely neutral. But you will decide to interpret if it's a good or if it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, maybe in, uh, in um, 1940 or 19, just before the war, fa falling from a horse could be a, a very bad thing for you because you broke your leg. But then it appears to be a good thing because you didn't go to war. And then like, like and you, you can never interpret if something yeah. is good or bad. Yeah. Life will tell you with time so as we don't know i just believe in fate i just take everything in a neutral way but especially in a positive way so let's try to think everything positive even though everything is neutral no i i, I totally agree with you because i feel like if you are going to say things out into the universe you have a better opportunity opportunity of them happening if you put that energy out there if you're saying, I'm going to get this job, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be this, instead of being like, I can't do this, or you're, you're telling yourself bad negative thoughts, and it's not going to happen because you're, you're, you believe everything you say to yourself. Everyone believes everything they say to yourself. So if you're being pessimistic about everything in your life, your life is going to be very unhappy. And, and also too, it's, yeah. it's the value of the people around you as well. Like, you pick and choose who you want to be around. So if you're going to be around pessimistic people that are very pessimistic like you, all of you are going to be in the same, like, you know, <laughs> the same yeah, level. level of, mood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's really important to gravitate towards people. And that's why I love you, Revan, Renan, and why we got along so well is because both of us are very, very optimistic people. We're very driven, and we yeah. say good things about ourselves. And I think that speaks yeah. so many volumes in, in business because when you have that kind of attitude, you are portraying that to other people and other people want to be around you and they want to work with you because it's, it's like, why would you want to work with someone mm -hmm. who's unhappy all the time? You want to work with happy people. So that Absolutely. energy translate, translates as well to others, which is not only an affirmation mm -hmm. to yourself, but it's an affirmation to them that, hey, I want to work with these people. I want to, I want to build with people that are happy and inspired and everything, it all, you know, resonates. So yeah, I, I agree Completely. with you. Yeah. So I, I believe in fate too. And, 
And it's such a weird question now that I'm looking at it and saying it to you because I agree, regardless of believing it or not, you can't just say, I believe in fate and just sit back and wait for someone to knock at your door and and give you an opportunity. You you have to also go after it, but believe in the fact, believe in the fact that things will happen, that fate will happen if you believe in it. Yeah. 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 And this is a, this is a random question next, but do you snore? (laughs) (laughs) If I snore, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because my family often comes to my apartment in Paris and they would definitely complain if I did and they never complain about it. So I'm, I'm happy I don't snore. Okay. So you don't, that's good. Oh my gosh. I don't think I could ever date someone that snore. Everyone's lying to me. I just hope (laughs) it's not the case. No, I, I feel, I feel like people, if you snore, people will tell you because I I could never date someone. Yeah. yeah, I could never date someone who snores. Like that would be, that would be a, a no for me. That would be. Have you ever? No, I have never. Thank God. No. Yeah, and okay, I'm sorry great. for anyone okay. out there that does, but I I actually heard on a, another podcast that this guy put duct tape on his mouth, and he did it for a year, and he controlled his snoring just by breathing through his nose. What? Yeah, so no anyone way. out there, I don't know if it's a good idea. I, I don't know if it's a good idea, but I heard it on a podcast, So and it worked for him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Okay, uh, we will put a link below the podcast yeah. on how not to snore. Yeah. <laughs> so, place you most want to travel, and this is—I feel like this would be a hard question for you because you travel everywhere. Every time I see your Instagram, you are traveling. So, where would you want to go? Mm-hmm. It's a very hard answer. Uh, it's so hard to choose because so the uh, the destinations really are so different, and they really depend on the on the mood you're in. Like yeah. So much different things, but I would definitely say that um, India is uh, the most uh, special uh, destination that I've never been to. Even though my whole life is aligned with uh, many of their values, mm-hmm. uh, it became such an important spiritual country that I just don't want to do this uh, for a four-day trip or five-day trip or a week trip. I really want to keep a whole month, at least, of my life to go and explore deep India. So. It would definitely be India um, because of their values and because of the yoga practices they yeah. do and because of the simplicity of life they offer. And uh, I really think we have so much to learn about. I've read so many books about uh, uh, Indian uh, masters and uh, and I would definitely uh, I would definitely choose uh, choose India. Our question, are they planning on taking down the Taj Mahal? Was that is that real? Is that truth? I haven't heard about this. They would, why, why would they do this? I don't know, but I, I, I feel like I heard from someone that there's only a certain amount of time that they're going to keep it up. I mean, I, I may be wrong. I, I have actually some uh, in Indian influencers I work with, I should ask, but I remember a couple of years ago them saying that they were going to take it down, which would be insane. I mean, would that be, is yeah, something I'd want to... Yeah. yeah, that's something I'd, I'd want to go visit as well and, and just the spirituality of India. Sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious if that's, if that's a real thing, but I, I agree. India would be insane. It's, it looks so amazing. And I've seen so many people post such insane photos of the Taj Mahal. So 
Yeah, I would love For to sure. go there too. Sure. Uh, favorite. So what would be what would oh. be yours? Mine. I mean, I would really love to go to Brazil. To be honest. I've, I thought you were going to say Paris. I was about and to, Paris. Well, no, Brazil and pa <laughs> Paris. I would love to. I'm actually shocked. I've never been to Paris. I feel like for how many random places I've been to, I've never been to Paris. Like I've been to like Serbia, Bulgaria, but I've never been to Paris. I don't know. I, I feel like we were supposed to go two years ago and then it just didn't, it didn't happen. So I'm like, ah, oh. but yeah, Paris is one. I've always wanted to go to Brazil because I just think that I would thrive there. They're surfing and Julia talks sure. about it all the time. <laughs> And I just would love to go. I, I feel like they'd be my people for sure. And obviously you're Brazilian, so you're my people. But yeah, and I don't know. And I would make you visit for sure. Yeah. But I there's... would love to make you visit both. You don't have to choose. <laughs> yeah, can you just take me to both? What's your, uh, what's your favorite season? My, uh, yeah, it's summer from summer. very, very far. <laughs> yeah. I've been living in summer for the past three years. So yeah, so you're I, just chasing I, sun. When it's not getting cold, I just, I you're just out. travel around so I can keep somewhere in my life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that's why you're so happy all the time. You're, you're chasing the sun. Maybe. I think that's 80% <laughs> of why I'm happy all the time. It's because of the sun I've had during the day. <laughs> yeah, I would get super... When I was living in Denmark, I was getting super depressed because... It's dark most of the time, and the energy of yeah. not having a sun is is really difficult. For sure, for yeah. sure. Especially for if you're used to this from the beginning, and like, I mean, it's such an important thing for our health and for our mental health. Like, yeah, definitely. Uh, I couldn't imagine living a whole year without seeing sun. No, I I couldn't either. That's why it was really hard for me to live there. Um, okay, last one. What is your favorite inspirational quote? Oh, I gave it to you. <laughs> oh, so that one, that's Didn't your favorite. It, yeah. yeah. It, I, oh, so yeah, I think, um, I think it would be, well, I, th I think it, it, there's two quotes that, that, uh, changed my life. Uh, the, the one I told you about Shakespeare, about nothing is good or bad, but, mm -hmm. uh, thinking makes it so is a quote that helped me a lot, uh, the past year. Yeah. Uh, when I've had so many things happening and going on because of the businesses and everything. And I would say that the first quote that changed my life was three years before this. And it was a Confucius quote where he said, uh, you have two lives and the second begins when you realize you only have one. Oh my gosh. And that just gave me chills. Yeah. Kyle, did you hear that? <laughs> it, 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 oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Kyle, <laughs> one of my favorite humans in the building that does our audio, he's writing your quote down. And I need, can you text <laughs> me that, Kyle? Kyle? Because that ch gave me chills. Wow. Okay, yeah, that's it, an amazing I, quote. I feel like this, this is a quote I'll, I'll never forget. I was, uh, I had just arrived in Paris. I was 17. I had to pay my rent and I was starting my first year of studying and I went to, to the library, it was my, literally my first day, and I just took this book, and when I opened, I, it was like the first quote of Confucius' book, mm -hmm. and when I read it, it just hit me so, so hard, Yeah. That, and I feel like it really was a decisive, a decisive moment of my life, because after this, I started my studies, but I also started 
uh, auditioning and and like starting my first company and like I just started taking like these kind of little risks who became so important and changed my life so much later yeah. on and it really was because of being conscious that you know like this is the only life we're, we're living in and and let's start it right now you know because we realized it you know so I would say these were the two these were the two quotes that really changed my life and resonated with me. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm gonna remember that one. That one like hit me hard, like in a weird way. It was like my whole body just like <laughs> just felt it. <laughs> I'm I'm stoked that we asked that question as the last question. And I'm so happy we did this. I'm so proud of you. I support you from afar even though I haven't seen you in a really long time but I'm so thankful that you are in my life you are such a good human for everyone out there please go follow Renan he's so inspiring with all of his businesses go buy some jewelry it you you've heard from from him himself that it's all very well made and it's at affordable prices and yeah, go follow Renan, go follow his his jewelry line. And then also please subscribe, like, follow our podcast. And I'm so excited for this episode for everyone. And yeah, thank you again, Renan. Oh, oh, oh.